My name is Sid, and this is the Crime and Conversation podcast, where in one episode we discuss crimes committed against people of color and the LGBT plus community, and in other episodes we'll have conversations about a variety of topics. In today's episode, we're having a conversation about black hair, specifically its history, textures, and our relationships with it. Since it's a conversation episode, my special guest today is my longtime friend, Retta, but I like to call her Zoretta. I'm so happy that you're here and I think picked the perfect person for this podcast episode. How are you today, darling? Doing good. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. I'm doing good. good. Well, I guess I should say you're How good. Are you? <laughs> I'm doing very good. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about the things that we are going to talk about today. So I want to start by introducing you to the world. Um, you are my longtime friend. We've been friends for like forever. So I think that that's important for people to know that we have a connection. This isn't just some stranger that I found on the side of the road. She's (laughs) my friend, people, and she knows me. Um, Where can the people find you on social media in case they want to follow you and see your beautiful face? If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at strainthejourney underscore where I talk about everything mental health. I'm moving on a little slow, but I promise to, you know, have things coming and going. So definitely check me out. Yeah. I definitely think that your page is excellent for people who have mental illnesses. And like I said before, it's not just the basic shit. It's more shit that, you know, people don't realize that can be a part of mental health. So I think that people should follow your page and just stay tuned. It might be slow, but things take time. You know, Yeah, it definitely takes time. It's a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of people don't know behind the scenes, like doing this and seeing you in your element. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, especially when you do it by yourself. Like, yeah. it's like, I don't want to pay somebody. I didn't know so much work goes into an Instagram post. I'd yeah. be like, all right, let me write down my notes. Let me have this together. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Cool. It's it's not easy. So I wanted to have this conversation about this topic because of a recent post made by Deja Harris. Mm-hmm. You know, that's T.I.'s daughter. Um, on a recent post, she has said that she doesn't like her hair. She has 4C hair. And she said that she gets that from her dad, which we know because I don't really know who her mom is. You know who her mom is? No, but I did see her on the show when yeah. they addressed the whole private yeah i don't like them at all so (laughs) i don't give a fuck no not at all but anyway she has said that it's too much to deal with it's too much to uh manage and the hairstyle never come out right which i mean i can understand that because i'm a person who has thicker hair and my shit can be rough and sometimes hairstyles don't come out right and sometimes it's like god damn but at the same time you know you gotta learn how to love your hair but she said that she appreciates and uplifts others with this hair type so i found that that's good that she does that but then at other times i feel like you know if you can't uplift others why can't you do that for yourself but you know that's just my mind right now and just what I'm thinking. So what do you think about this, Reddit? Well, when you said about the whole others, like appreciating others in their hair and not yeah. your own. Yeah. The first thing, and not saying that that may be her because I don't know her, but I, and it's not just because I do the whole mental health yeah. thing, <laughs> but it's like, is it a love thing, you know? Because it's hard for me to not compare my journey to other people's yeah. sometimes. I mean, I get that. But sometimes also I do really believe that millions of women were like kind of taught to not love their hair, to not love themselves, to not 
in a way. So you know what I mean? I just, I understand because I've been there yeah. and it's really is a journey for the women who do yeah. genuinely feel that way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can kind of relate to be honest. I mean, I can relate, but it's just really hard to see like another young girl that's saying they hate the hair and it's like, yeah. God damn, you're only like 17. Like, can you give it a break? Can you give it a second? So like love yourself and like get to know yourself more and try different things out before you like say like, oh my God, I hate my hair, but I love it on other people. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when we're little girls, it's like those like emotions and those like feelings that you have, it's like sometimes you can't control how you feel. You fucking hate it and you hate it. You know, I get it. I get it. But yeah. anyway, so Retta, yeah. I wanted to review the history of black hair because it's been through so many phases, but I think that our hair is beautiful, very powerful. So talking about where it's come from and all the things that we've been through is very important before we talk about our experience, just so we can have like a little bit of understanding of like why shit happened the way it did and like why things are still being carried through in certain ways so i wanted to know what did you think about that do you think it's important to like talk about the history first honestly i never thought about it until now yeah. <laughs> really? until you was like hey i think i want to do this and i'm right. just like that's a good idea. Yeah. Because for me personally, I was never really taught to like love my hair, knew yeah. much about my hair. Same bitch. And I definitely didn't know the history <laughs> of my hair, my culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's very important, yeah. especially now because if we're interested, we need to make sure that we're fully invested so we yeah. can teach our girls. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a good answer. And I feel like a lot of the things that we think we know, we really don't know. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of things have been passed down like the things that we say like the things we reference about our hair or like things that we think that we're doing is so not new they've been yeah. doing that like for years and decades but we think it's new mm-hmm. but it's like I'm like why do we miss those things like why I think that it's just crazy how like developing this story and like finding this shit out like wow I didn't know any of this yeah. <laughs> I didn't know any of this so you know before we get started I wanted to shout out all the websites I got the information from because I'm not a thief the article called Black Hair Through the Decades by through Moses was one of them. Another thing was Black Hair Thoughts Throughout History by Karen Dixon and A Visual History of Iconic Black Hairstyles by Madison Horn were the last ones that I found on the internet. So I'll have the links to each website in my show notes. So Retta, let me school you on some information about Black Hair Bitch. Yes, school me. Okay, all right. I good. need to be schooled. Okay, okay. So for the people that are listening, I have a PowerPoint right now, and it's my beautiful face, and um, it's just called black hair because I wanted to give Retta a visual of the things that I'm going to talk about. So yeah, what do you think about my PowerPoint? I'm like, no, I'm just like, damn, bitch, come, <laughs> bitch is coming right. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. I feel like I was like a little kid. And I love it though. It's oh. very simple, and but it's very like, thank you. Pops a little bit. You look beat. Thank you. Know you. Saying, looking good. I appreciate it. I had to put me. If I'm going to talk about some shit, you know I got to involve me. Yeah. But anyway, so let's start with, uh, I guess, like before Christ times. I don't really know when that was. I'm not good at any of the shit. So yeah. uh, I'm going to start from there. So during the ancient times, braids, dreadlocks, and Afro shape-ups can be found on drawings from ancient Egypt. So I'm going to show you a picture right now. Look at this. These are like... You know, we see things... Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But we see things like this kind of often. Like, yeah. 
in textbooks we never would have thought like yeah those are braids yeah we never would have thought those I, are like beads i don't know because <laughs> it's like you see similar things right but maybe not these but two not. exactly yeah but. no i agree so oftentimes um wigs were symbolized as uh your rank so i guess if you had an expensive wig you were like rich and you were like wealthy and those were like mostly europe not european egyptian people yeah. <laughs> egyptian men and women um i don't know if you knew that but i thought only like women were wigs of course i'm a dummy but even men wore wigs back in those times well i'm a dummy with you <laughs> i know but it's crazy that like wearing a wig meant that you were like wealthy yeah. and i can kind of like if i'm thinking about today's world i kind of do think that because wigs are like expensive i'm yeah. not gonna say you're wealthy but if you have a nice wig, wig bitch, you, you got some money <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you got some money. That's very true. So, yeah. Back then, if your hair was messy, they associated that with madness. So, bitch, you crazy if your hair is messy. I mean, but you, they kind of say that now. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, one of the most popular paintings of black hair during that time was Queen Nefertiti. I'm pretty sure you... Nefertiti. I think that's how you say it. You know how to say it? We don't know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, I'm a dummy because I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> you know her. Okay. I think it's Nefertiti, but whatever. People will tell her. It was one of her sandstone paintings that really became like iconic. So it said that, you know, her hair was like really beautiful and it was in like an afro shape where it was like an afro, but it was like sculpted all the way up. Mm-hmm. And this was like during like BC times, but it came back in like the 1900s and he like globalized iconic feminine power for most black women. So I'm going to show you her picture right now. And you've seen oh, this before. Yeah, I have. Okay. I, yeah. You've seen this before, and this was a shape of it. This was like her hair, afro. At the time I thought that and was like a crown or something. I thought oh, this is the crown. This is the crown. This is her hair. The black shit is her I know, hair. But I thought the black shit was a crown too. Okay, no. This is her, is her hair. Though, so, yeah. Wow. In the 1400s through the early 1600s, African women were found to have with locks and plaits. These hairstyles typically represented the specific tribes the woman belonged to. I found that to be interesting because if you had straight backs, you from Capitol Heights, <laughs> you have zigzags, you from Waldorf. And I think it's just funny because it's like your hairstyle represented where you're from. But it's kind of like true because if you think about it, if we go somewhere else, they probably realize that we're not from there because our hairstyle. Have you ever had that? Yeah, kind of like your accent. Yeah, kind of like your accent. Yeah. I guess it's different. Um, anyway, certain hairstyles also symbolize the marital and economic status of the women. So, found that to be cool. that somewhere that they talked about like the more elegant your hair is, the higher the class, and then the less less tamed it was, let's say. But the less <laughs> the okay. less tamed your hair is, then it's like, oh, you must be like mentally ill or something. Yeah. Of okay. that nature. So I'm pretty sure they probably feel that way fucking now. If they saw my hair now, whoo, they, <laughs> they think I'm mad. Right. Okay, so here is a picture that I had from the fourteen hundreds through the sixteen hundreds. So you can see like the kind of like different braids and like twists and like plaits yeah. they had this is like something i've like never seen before so i found it interesting because like i've worn bad two knots were like simpler to simpler similar to this i don't know i just i just thought it was crazy because i'm like wow there's a lot of different hairstyles you can do with twists and plaits and stuff no his name but a rapper did one just like that one. Oh, old dirty bastard i think so yeah he did have his hair like that old dirty bastard yeah he was in a wu-tang 
Yes. Yeah, because I yeah. watched I watched a new series on uh, Hulu. If anybody is out there listening, <laughs> Wu Tang does have a new series on Hulu, and it is crazy. It's long, but it's good. So anyway, now we're in the dark times, which are the 1600s through the 1700s, and this is when slavery was. Of course, at its peak. So I couldn't find much research, but the only thing I did find was that slaves had to shave their heads in order to erase their identity and culture. That's a tough one to swallow. Erase your identity and culture. Like you already know our culture means a lot because if you are listening to this podcast, we just talked about how different braids meant that you were in higher class. And you know, the Egyptian people were royalty when they wore wigs because obviously we were from a higher class. So I think it's crazy how in the 1600s and 1700s, they wanted to cut our shit and just erase it. I think that they studied us. I think that they knew that and they plotted for us for a long time. Yeah. I think so. Pretty dark. You know, fuck this up. But, um, you know, I found that white women often were jealous of female slaves and they would cut their hair off for that reason. What do you think about that? I definitely think that some some of the white women may have was like, oh no, like maybe jealous in a way or felt envy. Yeah. Or especially because they knew that their husbands were having sex with these slaves. <laughs> of course. You know? And that yeah. could, I know as a woman that doesn't feel good. No. Definitely. You know? I don't care what the times are. Or race. Cheating yeah. is cheating. Yeah. So. And everyone reacts and feels differently. But I right. definitely know it's not like a, oh, okay. Right. Well, you know. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what times they were, yeah. how times were, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, I definitely think that that played a huge part in cutting the hair as well. I found a law in, 19, I'm sorry, in 1786 called the Tagnon Law, where they basically made black women and Creole women cover up their hair with like head wraps and head scarves. And that was like the law. Like you didn't have a choice. That I didn't know. Yeah. You didn't have a choice. And it was established in New Orleans. So it was like a New Orleans kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was everywhere, but yeah. They so basically... you can have your hair, but you have to cover it up. Yeah, you have to cover it up with a hair wrap or mm-hmm. the tag. Non- Doesn't this time I... sound familiar? I'm Don't sorry. What? That it's like, oh, I'll let you have your hair, but cover it up. Yeah. yeah. First, I couldn't have my hair. Now, now you're giving it, it to me, but you have to cover it up. Yeah. There's always, you give them some. Like they claim they're giving us something, or we're like the same as being free, you yeah. know? It's like, I'll let you, you be free, but like, you have to work on my land. You have to, exactly. Yeah, you have so to it's do like that. I'm really you have to Yeah, so you're not free. Yeah. You're still tied up somehow. Yeah, and that's what it said. I mean, even though this that's was in 1786, it was a long time after, like not after, but like from shaving your head to wrapping your head up, it was a long, like decades between those hairstyles. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the fact that this was established where you had to cover up your hair, it's just like, why? What? what? I didn't. I, I couldn't find much research on why they did it. I'm sure there was a reason where whether it's like they want you to be clean or look proper or look decent. But it's still like we shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. And I wonder if that plays into like hair pieces now or let me say hair wraps now. Because some women only cover their hair. They don't even want to see that shit, you know? I like hair wraps, so. <laughs> but I'm like, I wonder if there's women who only wear hair wraps. they like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just wearing hair wraps. Not on like no religious shit, but just. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's some women that were like that. I used to be like that at one point. Really? Yeah. Just wear hair wraps? Or just wear like beanies or something to just cover my hair. Wow. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. So I forgot to show you the pictures from the uh, 1600s through the 1800s. Um, basically, this is the hair wrap. The uh, Tagnon, or I don't know how to say it, Tignon. Bitch, the New Orleans law where you had to wrap your hair up. This was like one of the pictures I could find. And then these are um, 
some pictures of like slaves in like South Carolina that I found where it just shows a little bit of how, you know, their hair was. Like, this is how it was. And this picture really like made me sad. I was just like, God damn, like the whole family. Like, look, look at us. This is us. This, this is where we came from. It makes you go back. It, it makes you humble yourself a little bit more when you like, oh, yeah. Let me stop worrying about some of the stuff and like appreciate how much we've gone through, how much we've overcome as people. Then this is some pictures right here of, you know, Madam CJ Walker and how the hair used to be back in those times. Now we're gonna move over to the 1800s. So slavery, of course, made it hard for African uh, hairstyles to be maintained. So women started to use butter, goose grease. Goose grease, just think about that. Goose grease, <laughs> I'm saying it weird. <laughs> but they had to use butter, goose grease, and animal fat in order to clean and moisturize the hair. They also would use like wool brushes to get into their hair. Don't you think that's crazy? Like they had to use animal fat and like animal oil in order just to get moisture in their hair. Like just moisture and to clean it, just just to do that. I feel like it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it's not really surprising yeah. to be honest. Especially because before then they were already using such as like, I think they were using more of herbs and things of that nature to cleanse the hair. I could yeah. be wrong, so please don't quote me. But <laughs> making away with what you have, I feel like that's kind of in I mean, history kind of like what our people did. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I just, I don't know, like animal fat? <laughs> like, I know. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Right. Like, really? Right. Why do we, I mean, I don't know why I thought like water, But do plants, water really hydrate your hair? No, not really. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, whatever. So, moving on, I found that, you know, light-skinned slaves would be made to straighten their hair and will often be sold for much more than a darker skinned slave with kinkier hair would. This started up the colorism within the slave community. Black people started to believe that darker skin with coarse hair was unattractive and lighter skin with straight hair was attractive. So they're, they're, they started that good hair versus bad hair kind of thing. So I just wanna stop there and I wanna just talk about, you know, how crazy that is that in those times, AKA the 1800s, they thought like that where you were light skinned, you were gonna have straight hair and that made you more attractive. And if you're dark skinned, hair would be, you know, harder to maintain. And I, I just think that's funny because Deja kinda is like saying the same things or it's like on the same line. She's basically saying she doesn't like her hair because it's thick or the texture of it and i'm like yeah. or quote unquote nappy right or quote unquote nappy or wool let me say like yeah. they will fucking say it. and it's like this came into play from my research in the 1800s and we are now in 2021 listening to a famous black girl say this about her hair young black girl young black girl at that let's 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 hone in on that what do you think about that it's very unfortunate however i can definitely relate to her because like i mentioned earlier i didn't really grow up loving my hair i mean me honestly either. i'm just like i'm 26 like no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> how old are Let you not lie, y'all. i'm 26 she's like <laughs> she's lucky i'm 28 y'all <laughs> she's <laughs> <laughs> she's funny no no but i get what you're saying but no i can relate to what she's saying it's very hard to maintain it can be very frustrating and yeah even though i feel like she's very beautiful and i don't feel like she's that she very dark-skinned she's light-skinned but she's saying that she takes her hair from her father which is like you know tia i got nappy hair yeah be quote unquote air quotes where we're we're not saying anything here but i mean 
She is beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful. And she is in her in a lighter skin. So you would think, okay, if she has a lighter skin, her hair wouldn't be that way. But it doesn't work for yeah, everybody. Yeah, it doesn't work that, like that's that. That's not how it is. Just because you're light skin doesn't mean that's how it is. You yeah, know, I wasn't implying yeah. that. I know. I was just saying, I know. like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I wasn't implying that. But what I'm saying is, it's just relatable. It's yeah. relatable all over the board, especially for me. But my thing that I would say to her, just learn to love it because it's not going to change. Yeah. Simple as that. It's not going to change. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you flip it. It's either you're going to ruin your hair or, or you're going to learn how to embrace it. And when you learn to love it and embrace it, it starts to feel that way. Yeah. And it starts to grow and it starts to be healthy and flourish. Yeah. I understand that it's a lot to deal with. Trust me, bitch. <laughs> Trust me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot to deal with. No, definitely. And I'm still learning myself because I never knew how to deal with my hair. Yeah. So I can understand, but even though she do and she not, well, you know, yeah. if you don't I mean, want to do it, go get your hair done. Yeah. But I mean, make sure your, make sure your stylist or whoever's touching your hair knows truly how knows to do how to do hair. Research hair. that person. Yeah. yeah. Because I had someone fuck me up and I've been fucked up for years. So yeah. 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 I mean, in my case, I never took the time and also i wasn't taught i was always taught that weave braids wigs was quicker so don't even worry about it yeah we're gonna go ahead and get you some braids and a weave and we'll not worry about it for two months and it's like okay i always thought like okay i don't got time for that like i don't got time for that but then as i got older i was just like you know what maybe i should just start to like unmask and like take off the makeup not just the hair you know mm-hmm. i did the whole makeup thing too i stopped wearing makeup and i just was like you know i need to figure out who i am and figure out how to to love myself so it came to a point where i had to take off all the things that weren't a part of me which was we wasn't a part of me that didn't grow for my body that wasn't that's so i just started like just taking that shit off and i just learned how to do my hair and yes having four c hair me you both have like four c hair yeah sometimes my hair can be nice and curly sometimes that bitch dry and so i definitely get what she's saying and i definitely understand but i think it's just so important to figure out how to love yourself and your hair is a part of that whether you want to wear protective styles or whether you don't want to wear your hair that's fine but still like you have to love it yeah because no matter how you flip it rub it down yeah still you can still wear weaves i still wear weaves i still wear wigs yeah and you both but we still know that our hair is important and that we have to do it, but we learned that in time so i think that she just need times but yeah now i'm going to talk about the 1860s through the 1900s so we'll go to the next slide here are the pictures of madam cj walker and like the stuff that she did and like here's a fucking hot comb bitch my my head my ears hurt just <laughs> looking at this hot comb like i can feel the sizzle i, can I, feel the I sizzle. never got burnt that many times what? I got burnt like maybe once or twice i used to get tall up i said ah! <laughs> I used to get tore up. But yeah, so which were you pointing at? The little pressing curl. Oh, yes. Oh, that's what you said earlier. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Earlier, we were talking about the story a little bit. Um, Last story, we were talking about the podcast and what we were going to talk about, about today. And uh, Retta had told me that Madam C.J. Walker was like the first person. Yeah, I don't know if she's like the first person, but I do know that she's kind of known for her press and curls. I didn't know that. I've yeah. only heard of her like when it comes to like hair products, care and yeah. hair products. That's it. But yeah, so now we're going to go into Madison J. Walker in that time. Black people face economic and social pressure. Pressure. 
<laughs> what is that? Pressure. Pressure <laughs> to uh, resemble the white culture. So basically, black people were just trying to fit in with the white people and just finally like fucking live because they didn't have a choice. So some of them began al- began altering their texture of their hair by using chemicals, straightening with hot comb. I definitely had a perm. Definitely had a hot comb before. How about you? Oh yeah, definitely. I had yeah. both. I feel like that's every black girl story, but I take that back because my sister never had a hot comb, never had a perm. He's only had like flat irons and stuff like that. A hot comb is one thing. A perm is a whole nother. I, I'm yeah. so, that's the worst invention ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your ex. I am no for the relaxers, the perm. Like, no, I exit out. Exit out. My so, experiences were terrible. Even with the kitty perms, I couldn't. That shit just yeah. stripped my shit. Okay, so if you had it, when you have a child, I'm going to say if, because you want to have children. Yes. When you have a child, whether. Wink, wink. Wait, right. <laughs> She's looking. Anybody? <laughs> so, no perms. Straight yeah, natural. No. Straight natural and like braids and like stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. So, you know, they did hot combs and they did perms and stuff. They just wanted to avoid being abused and avoid becoming jobless. But in the 1900s, that's when shit really started to change. Black people started to take their own initiative to do shit. They, they just really was like, fuck it. We're not going to fucking try to let the white people make this product for us because they weren't even doing shit. So let's do it ourselves. So the first black woman, Madam C.J. Walker, created a hair care line which catered to black women. She had conditioners, moisturizers, and cleansers, which were affordable and good for their hair. And it also made things like much easier to like maintain and do your hair, which is very important because when you talk about natural hair and when you talk about those things, a lot of the times people don't talk about the routine that you have to do. It's like... You have to do shit like twice a week or at least every day. Like when I start going natural, I used to do my hair every single day just to maintain that curl. Yeah. Like I used to do twist outs on my hair every day. I used to put grease, I used to put conditioner, and curl product every day just to get the curl pattern to like get there. After a while, I didn't have to do it. I just would like just twist it with a little bit of grease and a little bit of water and it would be curly on its own. You have to like build a routine to get the pattern that you want. So I'm happy that, you know, she made stuff that was like suitable to do routines and like get your hair to the function what do you think and this is funny because i'm just sitting here listening to you talking i'm just like i haven't really built up a routine until recently i was just like taught to wash your hair every two weeks wash condition your hair put grease in your hair right put a protective style on and keep it pushing but that's your routine now well it's a little more detailed now because i'm trying to actually grow my hair right so for me i have to literally like still even now like go underneath a little bit yeah and just put a little something because i know my hair is very brittle Brittle. <laughs> yeah. brittle. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very brittle. Dang. <laughs> brittle. It's okay. It breaks very easily. Right. Let's just say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's very dry. Yeah. So I have to moisturize it daily. So for me, it's kind of like you. You have to put that conditioner into your hair. Every month I need to do a protein treatment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like After that, uh, black people... Well, let me say black people and their hair, it really became interesting. And they started doing like pink curls, short bobs, waves, and you know, shit like that. This is a picture of the 1920s and the 1930s. So um, you can see like a lot of black women had like, look at the finger waves, like, 
yeah. like slick and then like this is like just a regular curl and then this one's like a, another kind of curl and they had like 50,000 curls yeah I don't know what kind of curls these are but they said online it's like pink curls and like finger waves but I thought it was really nice that like in the 1920s and 30s they was maintaining curls so what do you think about this these pictures all I'm saying is beautiful women <laughs> <laughs> hey. beautiful women beautiful women so now we're gonna move over to the 1940s and the 1950s this is where black women began wearing wigs such as the beehive wig and like hair pieces have you ever seen the beehive wig those fat ass wigs are like they literally look beehive so i'm gonna switch over to the thing and show you these are beehive wigs like the stop and the name of the I like honestly did not know that it was wig. a wig i thought it was just like oh wait they did it yeah no it's a wig i didn't know and some of them are like had hair pieces of course like these i thought are they like all was like pieces. hair pieces i yeah. didn't know they were like wigs they were stuff. these were called like the beehive wigs in 1951, the first sewing weave was developed by Christina Jenkins. So at this point, wigs and weaves and all that shit became popping. So in this picture right here, you'll see this is Christina Jenkins. And this is the way they used to do the sew-ins back in the day. So I guess they were like, but some kind of like I don't know I don't know what I don't I know how to describe track. it. You think it's just like a like a cornrow and then a track, or did they glue it? Like I can't really I don't know how they I did it. I don't know how they, but did. they did it. And this is Christina. I I was like, damn, she's beautiful. Yeah, really yeah beautiful. they took really good pictures back then. I don't know what they did, but the pictures are like amazing. In that time, wigs and weaves were still popping, but straight hair was still popular, and you know you still wanted to try to fit in and get a job. So a lot of the people still straighten their hair. George E. Johnson was the first man to launch a permanent hair straightener for men and women. So this is the time where <laughs> she has a thumbs down right now. Tell them how you feel. Worst invention ever. <laughs> Don't like the perms. Yeah. Y'all already know my experience, what I just said, so... Yeah, I'm just not, it's just too strong for some people. And you have to understand, like, we put all these chemicals in our hair, and our hair is already fragile. So it's like, why are we doing this just to have our hair straight? It's just so not worth it. Yeah. And then, so as you know, you're going to be like me, and you won't have any hair. <laughs> well, you'll be starting over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I can say that I've had, I haven't had a perm or a relaxer in very long. I barely remember. I feel like people don't really do that nowadays anymore. My coworker, she does. Really? Yeah. She relaxes her hair like all the time she has a bob Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she does. But um, so George Johnson in 1954 was like the first black man to do that. Um, and it was for men and women again. This allowed men and women to straighten their hair without heat. So um, from the 1960s to the 1970s, things started to change. Black people were taking charge of their hair by embracing it in its natural state. So I'm going to move over to the slides and show you some of the pictures. So right here, um, I'm sorry, we're going to go back. This was the picture of George E. Johnson. And this was like what uh, the, product. the product looked like. And this is where men who had their hair permed. Like, this is a little richer. Like, I really like when men wore their hair like this. It was just so cool to me. And it was so classy and, like, I'm sharp. People don't know this, but I'm actually an old soul. Yeah, you And, are. like, I like the 1960s and like the 70s and like those times because I like the music and I just like the fact that like people had fun there especially black people like we dress so classy and the dresses and the shoes and like the hair like something about those times just make me feel like I want to be there and just dance all day yeah so but anyway um but yeah look at Richard I mean shit nice not Richard George this is George the guy who made the straightener which I didn't know. I didn't even think that yeah. men really made stuff like this. We're in the 1960s through the 1970s, and this is when black people started to embrace their hair in its natural state. 
So Cicely Tyson was the first woman to wear cornrows on TV. And this really showed that black women can wear different hairstyles and, you know, still be beautiful and embrace it no matter what. So I wanted to talk to you about this because I've definitely struggled to wear hairstyles, especially the hairstyles in its natural state. Like I'm not the kind of person that can wear cornrows and just feel cute about it. Like, have you seen these girls wearing these new cornrows and like it's like curly at the end and they just it's got like straight backs and it's like zigzag like i'm not comfortable like that what about you really why not because i had a fat ass head <laughs> and i just like i feel weird like i've never been the kind of girl that like just like growing up that's what we did yeah because like, like it was cheap and the hearts and the stars and girl, but now all of that it must be popping i just wanted to tell you that i think that it's amazing that cicely tyson wore like cornrows during that time but you won't catch me on the streets like that. I'm just not, you know. So I wanted to show you a picture of it because this is how she wore the cornrows. I mean, again, yeah. it's, it's 1968. So of course, they're not going to be like all that. But just doing this on TV, it, of course, she's beautiful. Like, this definitely showed black women, like, you don't have to be in wigs and long hair and to be on TV. Yeah, so I found versatility. Exactly. So yeah. I found this to be very powerful that Cicely Tyson did that. And rest in peace. So, how, like, with your hair, it's just such a journey, no matter what stage you're at. Very true. A very, it's like, I don't know how long the journey is, but it's not a short one. <laughs> no, it's definitely not a short one. And I definitely have wrote in my notes that, you know, accepting your hair and whatever it's like is very important because mm -hmm. if you can't accept it when it's pretty and you can't accept it when it's ugly, then baby, you can't accept it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I had to learn that. Like, I used to hate going to work when I first started going natural. I used to hate going to work because my hair would never turn out right. It would just be frizzy and dry and it would never be cute. And one of the uh, people people that work there to say like yeah it's beautiful like whatever it is what it is like just let it be and I should be like but I'm so ugly so and, and that's what I'm saying I understand how Deja Harris feels because we all had those times where we like I fucking hate this shit and mm -hmm. I feel embarrassed but it's so much to be empowered by so much history to be like okay let me love it for what it is in the 1970s, this is when the Black Panther movement was popularized and its Afros were beginning to like be self-love and Black pride kind of thing. So I wanted to show you these pictures because I literally could never. Why can't my hair be like this? Like, like, and I'm in just, my wildest dreams. Right. Like I can wear froze, but mine's don't be like this. Like mine's always, like my hair is curly. So it's like really hard for my hair to be like. I feel like this is like more textured where I feel like this is more blown out yeah. type of I mean I could do the blown out but yeah. I'm gonna look weird <laughs> crazy <laughs> but I just found it very interesting how you know they wore the hair like this and they, this really was the moment where things started to change and they were like yeah. you know what we're going to blow it out let it be in cornrows curls straight whatever it is we gonna love it. yeah i read somewhere where it's like as far as with that time and wearing our froze and stuff it's kind of was a symbol of distance of not trying to be like the caucasian woman not trying to be like the caucasian man not trying to fit in as much yeah so it's great it was a great like you said a great time to be honest not the easiest time of course of course but a great turnaround yeah you know at least within ourselves yeah definitely and that's what matters i think the black people just got tired they're oh, yeah. just like fuck it like i'm tired 
Yeah. Dire. You gonna kill us? You gonna kill us. If you gonna appreciate us, you gonna appreciate us. And I feel like that's the same as now. <laughs> Literally. Now we're going through a turn as well. Yeah. Now it's kind of like the same thing just because of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. George Floyd, you know, everybody else who, the list goes on, not just George Floyd. Yeah. We can, we can keep going. But this feels very similar to then. Yeah. But of course, it doesn't compare because that's when it first happened. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, but this yeah. is this is it for us. Yeah. You know, so. And it'll be different and it'll look different for our children yeah. later on. Yeah. You know? And I think that by us just talking about this right now is like one of the things that's important that we have conversation about these things. And that's what I hope that this podcast can do for not just black people, but everybody. You don't have to be black to listen to this. You don't have to identify as anything. Just listen to it and learn something. You know, that's it. Just take the judgment out of it and just listen to what I am saying. Not a black woman or another black woman. Just listen to a human and what we have to say and what I came up with and what you also are sharing. That's exactly what I was thinking period so we must think alike (laughs) (laughs) like shit so now we're gonna go to the 1980s through the 1990s and this is in the later years where the afros were still popping but it changed to more of a curly style which was called the jerry curl I didn't warn you, so I'm going to show you the slides of here are all the pictures of the jerry curl. So the jerry curl was a softening chemical. Basically, they had to put a ton of moisture in the hair without the frizziness. Is that ice cube? Yeah, that is ice cube. <laughs> Basically, they wanted their curls to be popping. Like, we want our shit to be popping these days. But you can see that this shit used to be dripping off your face. Yeah. Like, Jerry curls, too much moisture. Like, I don't know what what it is in that shit, but they used to be sweating. Anytime I would see Jerry curls, it would be, like, dripping from do people's people still body. do Jerry curls? I guess. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can still find it. My aunt, she had a jerry curl. And she used to wear jerry curls and a like, tracksuit. Remember when those used to be really mm-hmm. popular? She used to have jerry curl and tracksuit. And I remember she would like talk to me and move her hair. And it would be flying. Like the jerry <laughs> curl juice. Yes, it used to be flying everywhere. And she used to stay like patting it with her neck. But she died. Rest Aww. in peace. I mean, she was my dad. for your loss. <laughs> it's okay. She was my granddad's sister. So I don't know if she was really my aunt. But what is that? I don't know. I think still up. She was my great great aunt. Yeah, she was like my great aunt. So she was already old when I was a kid. But anyway, she was like the first person I witnessed got a jerry curl. She had that to like the late 90s. I was born in fucking 94, bitch. She had a jerry curl. I remember her having a jerry curl in 94. Jerry curls came out in 1980s, I believe. But anyway, so it just seemed mad greasy to me. I mean, but it did get your curls popping. Yeah. Yeah. So era really transformed the black community because men and women had this hairstyle. So like, when's the time we ever seen men and women both have the same hairstyle? Never. <laughs> exactly. So this show like unity. This yeah. show like we both can wear our hair however we want and we're gonna do our hair whatever we want no matter what the white man or white woman says. Yeah. So I found that to be cool because I'm like the only time I can think of men and women both wearing the same hairstyles is like man buns and like buns. So you know, like man buns that they have now. Yeah, and I mean, because we were buns. men buns, and like before it was popular, yeah. I didn't see it often. Yeah, me personally, I get it. I mean, but I just thought that was interesting. So I just thought that it really showed the control that we had over our hairstyles too. So yeah, um, but 
over here, you'll see that in the 1990s is when, you know, black women started to really embrace this pixie cuts of their own. Like, it was like a curl cut. I don't know if it was a bob. It was more of a bob, I guess. But you'll see. Like a, but this means you like a mushroom? Yeah. It was a more, they used to have asymmetrical haircuts in the 90s. So, I guess this was more of an asymmetrical haircut. And, you know, I had asymmetrical haircut because my mom used to wear them all the time. So, I used to have those in high school. Also, I want to take take the time to talk about my hair in the past. You know, when you first met me, I used to have a shave cut. Yeah. I used to have tracks on the side. Pink. I used to do everything to my hair. Like, I used to be very inspired by my hair. Like, I used to have it, I shaved my hair off. I had wigs, wigs, weave, perms, natural hair. Everything you could think of, I've had. I've dyed my hair. So, I did a lot of shit with my hair. But back in these times, they started doing like asymmetrical cuts and like braids and big boxy braids. But I think that uh, the 90s was like a really, really cute hairstyle like this is when things were like cute to me yeah it was like very I urban mean. and like okay i want to be down kind of shit yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna go to the 2000s and this is when black hair started to get weird as fuck to me we started flipping the ends of our hair we had side bangs micro braids and a whole bunch of accessories now this is the time with the micro braids exactly this is prime time for me and you yeah so we we know about this but fucking these just just the micro braids itself how long did that shit take like 13 hours sometimes it'll take you two days but the 2000s was a weird time hair was just weird to me what do you think um i don't know i kind of like the 90s to be honest you mean the 2000s i mean the 2000s yeah <laughs> i mean i like the 90s too but yeah. i like the 2000s as well i just don't like the freaking micro braids like that's the only <laughs> thing i really don't like really everything else I so mean, you like the weave back in them to look at the flip the early 2000s, when you met me, I had the little, little bang. <laughs> sure? Look at the ponytail. The little bang with the weave. Yeah. And the bang and the highlights. Okay, so she was here for the 2000s. I was here. Now, will I exactly do exactly 2000s right now? Maybe right. not. Yeah. Some stuff, like the Leah style, maybe. Right, like or the straight. Like, you know? I mean, I get it. So, you know. I won't be taking with me the micro braids. <laughs> That's true. I just felt like times were weird just because, like, it was different. It was, like, flip and like backwards and like hair accessories and like micro braids and like highlights yeah. it was just different I don't know but you know we're gonna go to the 2010s now where you know relaxers weaves and things like that started to decrease it seems like the 2010s was a time where women started to embrace their natural hair by doing like bantu knots and fox locks and like crochet and stuff like that but you know I'm gonna show you some pictures right now so this is like the 2010s where things were you know kind of calming down like I had something similar yeah I used to have that too that's so I put it up there. You know, things were kind of like calm. Like, they didn't really do yeah. too much with their hair then. Like, kind of chill. You know, I think Nikki just brought out the wild colors. She brought out the wild colors and stuff like that. But it seemed like things weren't like too crazy, crazy with the hair. It was you know? very simple. Like, yeah, it was just... very just simple. And if you had your natural hair, you had your natural hair. If you had a wig, you had a wig. And that was it. You know, I can say that I agree with the things like declining like weaves and wigs because in 2010s I started to get over it. I started to get over wigs and weaves and I started to be like, you know, I want to do my own hair. I want to see what shit is going to be like. And after a while, wigs and weaves can be very expensive. I don't know if we skipped that or if we talked <laughs> about that, but that shit is very expensive. It is expensive. How much do you think like a sew-in costs? Like I got a sew-in for like 175 I was going to say around the 200 range. And I 
have to have just because I asked for a discount because I'm a cheap bitch. So, but you say like yeah. 200. Yeah, I think how much sewing is around like 200. Maybe how much you think for a lace front? Oh, honey, a lace front, it all depends on the hair, <laughs> depends on the color. How much was yours? Mine is a closure, so mine altogether I paid about 500, 600 dollars. I could never, yeah, that's somebody's rent, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you got some nice, good rent. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty hard to, like, break away from the wigs and the weaves. But, you know, I think it's, it's just easier to do those things. That mm-hmm. is the most common reason why I can say I wear wigs and weave. It's just easier. And it's just a different different vibe, you know? Like, I love my natural hair and its state. And I've grown to appreciate it because I've been natural for, like, four years now. Literally, only four years of my life I've worn my natural hair, like, consistently. Can you believe that? Why you say that? Because it's like time just goes by fast. Because I remember like when I started doing yeah, it. Yeah, when you start doing it. So it's like, oh, time goes by fast. Four I years. didn't know it's been four years. Four years, 20. But you know, I realized that I just, you know, started to love who, my, who I am a little bit more and that I need to just try to take my time with myself. But you know, what do you think the 2010s and like the present stuff now, what do you think that you've learned about like your hair now and all the things that you went through with your hair when you were younger? As far as just my journey or yeah. like the PowerPoint too? Your journey and, your, and the PowerPoint. Like what do you think about your hair now? What do you think? Um, I definitely am still learning to love and embrace it, of course. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be an overnight thing for anyone who has struggled with that. But definitely going far as the PowerPoint goes is very good. I learned a lot when it came to like the history of our hair and things of that nature. And I think that's important to know because it helps you kind of understand again why you think a certain way or anything like that. Because I personally believe in pathology. I believe things get passed down from generation yeah. to generation. Same, same. So for me, it's great to understand and know like my history of my hair. You know what I mean? And I think that that, I think that that is very important. When it comes to my journey, um, I just learned to be patient. Yeah. And just to accept it for what it is. If it end up not going the way I wanted to, then it doesn't go out. But that doesn't mean I just stop trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just learned from my mistakes. Simple as that. Yeah. And I feel like once you kind of really get into your own routine yeah. and you start to really start to show yourself that love and appreciation, make it a self-care thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Facts. Once it turns into that yeah. and you start to like get your music going, if you don't want to do it, be like, bitch, get your music going. <laughs> if you're grown, get you a little sippy yeah. set. Watch your favorite show. Yes, while you're doing it and yeah, make that's it what fun. I do. You know, that's what I do. I'll be on the phone with you, like, bitch, yep. doing my two styles, <laughs> doing like, and it yeah. go about like this. And then as soon as you know it, yeah. it'll start to, you know, make progress. It may not go as fast as you yeah. want it to, but speaking from someone who is seeing, is seeing progress, it'll yeah. give you progress. But then also, another thing to point out is that if things aren't going right with your hair, you can always get support, whether it's YouTube, a dermatologist, mm-hmm. like a- another black woman. Like you yeah. can do a little bit more to find those answers or those things that are, are going the way you want it to. Like it could be something more wrong with your hair. Yeah, it could be like, okay, to you need to go to a dermatologist. Your hair is not fucking growing. Something might be wrong. It might not be like what you're doing specifically. I wanted to show you some pictures of the 2020s and this decade. Oh, I don't have any. This all, these are the pictures. <laughs> these are the pictures. So I have these natural hair pictures right here. And you know, Jill Scott, cause she, she has her natural hair too. So I yeah. kind of divided it. That's what I did. 
it. Um, but I wanted to say that women in today's world who have curly hair, who have coarser hair, have definitely become more uh, embraced by their hair. And it, it definitely has become popular to be natural. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that, but natural hair has become a, like, oh my God, a, a thing to be like yeah, it is. happy about all of a sudden. I don't know where it came from, but I think time has did that. Yeah. Time has said that. But yeah, um, some of the hairstyles that I love are the puff. You know, I have a puff right now. Mm-hmm. I stay with the puff. So yes. if any girl out there has natural hair and doesn't know what to do with it and it's short, or even if it's long, you can still do the puff. But I love the puff. I love the fro hawk where you like put your hair in a mohawk, but it's like your natural hair is a fro. Twist styles where your hair is just like that two strand twist and it's like yeah. perfect. You pick it out. I love that. I love the braid outs. I love the half up, half down, but that kind of doesn't work if you have short hair because it makes your hair look really shirtly. Yeah. But you know, um, the list goes on of things that I like, but I wanted to put this at the end of me basically saying that I hope that, you know, you guys were interested in everything that we talked about today. And I hope that going over the history and our experiences as black women and our experiences as little black girls and our hair has embraced you guys to take control of your hair, whether it's natural, whether it's a wig or whether it's, you know, no hair. Because at the end of the day, you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do with your hair because we are free people. Rather, you know, I say that goddamn every time. day, all it's the time. I say I'm free, not because of slavery, but just a mentality thing. Like, I'm free. Like, I don't hold on. Like, yeah. I'm free. Just, just let y'all know. But, you know, I think that we had a good conversation. And I think that, you know, maybe more this will help black people and black women specifically love their hair a little bit more. And I think that, you know, this was a great topic. So, Retta, what is your Instagram so people can follow you? Yes, you can follow me at sharingthejourney underscore on Instagram. You, that's my mental health blog. You can definitely check me out. I have some great things coming. So please check me out. Everything mental health and mental illness. Period. Yes. And I am on Instagram at Crime and Convo Podcast. Also, I changed my Twitter. It is now the Crime and Convo on Twitter. And also, these episodes will be on Spotify. Apple Music, Anchor, Beaker, Google Podcasts. Make sure that you tell a friend, tell your mother, tell your brother. I don't care who you tell. Just tell somebody. And this wraps up the episode of the Crime and Conversation Podcast. I hope you like this shit.